real well if it isn't the square in our love triangle. What are you doing in Edna's place? Where is she? My beloved is napping blissfully in the many folds of my Spider-Man t-shirt. As for myself, I am popping kettle corn. This can't be happening. Oh, but it can. I adore Edna. She is near mint and comes from a very limited edition. Females who will talk to me. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we're here to review quite an enjoyable episode from Season 15, a step up from Codependence Day. Uh, I, I would say I enjoyed this more than The Wandering Juvie. It is my big fat geek wedding. I am Dando, joined right now, but only my adorable co-host, Guy Davis, but also my adorable little daughter here co-host, Holly Dando. How you doing, Mr. Davis? Oh, I'm doing very well, but I'm feeling very much like a third wheel. <laughs> it's become the Dando Show. It is oh. a Dando Show. Holly's waving to you. Say hi, Uncle Guy. Say hi. Hello. And obviously people at home can't see this, but um, Holly's got her, her uh, frozen toys and she can say let it go. Can you say let it go? Let it go. Oh. That's all she does. She walks around the house all day saying let it go, let it go. She wants to play. But anyway, what happened is the reason she's here in the intro is because we decided to record just at her bedtime and she usually says no, no, it's the daddy. So she's now standing on the desk. We might put this video up on the, uh, on the YouTube channel, on the Patreon page so that everyone can see Holly standing on the desk as I record this intro here for my big fat geek wedding. Holly, you want to say no nice to everybody? Say no nice. It's time to go to bed now so that I can actually do a podcast. What do you reckon, Holla? Holster? Yeah. Say bye bye. Bye, Uncle Guy. All right. There you go, Mummy. Mummy Nicola. Bye bye. All righty. Wearing a very cute Lion Club one Lion Cub onesie. Yeah, yeah. And you also hear her screaming in the background because she wants to stay on the show. She's going to be the. She's going to take over this show. So what we'll do is we'll get through the whole the whole uh, series of The Simpsons, and then we'll handball it off to the other kids. <laughs> I was about to say I'm being uh, I'm being railroaded. I'm being <laughs> take, I'm being put on the bench. Uh, of course uh, you're not. L- listeners, I like I I like to think that I'm a bloke you can trust. So believe me when I say Holly, ten out of ten on the cuteness scale. Adorable child. You can definitely trust Uncle Guy. When 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 Guy offers the kids candy, it's okay. Don't worry, people. It's okay. It is indeed. Get into the van, kids. It's fine. <laughs> By the way, I didn't do the production code for this because it was a bit of a mad scramble. It's F-A-B-F-1-2. I know we do that every episode. But yeah, my big fat geek wedding. I like that the title was actually somewhat relevant to a movie that had just come out not long beforehand. That is correct. Yeah. So, and yes, it's a, it's relevant to other times and I guess it's relevant to this episode, but I feel that Dando and I are going to be sort of butting heads this episode because guess what? What's that? Didn't like it. You didn't like it. I liked everything besides the Margin Homer aspect. I feel like you can take that whole Margin Homer bickering out of the episode and the episode still works fine. It just wasn't needed at all. If you take that, if you take that out of it, I really enjoyed it. That's some very good compartmentalising on your part, Dando. I wish I could do that, but the whole episode just has the stink, the taint, the stink of the taint even, of the dysfunctional, increasingly, may I say, dysfunctional uh, Homer and Marge relationship. Plus, I don't know, there are aspects in this where it seemed like this show's moral and emotional compass was just all skewy. In what way? Well... There was a stage there where they were sort of feeling bad for Skinner and almost rag- and they were ragging on Mrs. K a bit. I'm like, yeah, that was odd. But, but, no, but the, the only thing I will say though was their kids. I guess so. Yeah, but even 
even Marge at some, but Marge has got a good heart, so I understand that she would probably be reaching out to someone who's clearly confused as in and in pain as Skinner was when he was left at the altar. Having said that, no, you reap what you sow, Seymour, and uh, yes, you deserve to reap a big pile of shit. I can see it from both sides. If you get cold feet, then you've just got cold feet. I un- you know, No, that's true. I understand that completely. But you know what I would have appreciated from this episode? An understanding of why he had cold feet. That's Delve true. Delve into it a bit. Well, it's a, I guess just the Skinner character is just... he. The whole relationship has always been him being... It's been either it's been him being torn more towards his mum than Edna. She's always been sort of like the the second field. She's like the third wheel in this in the, what was was it the square in this triangle, this love triangle, as um, True. Yes. I said. But I do think that he loves Mrs. K. He wants to be with Mrs. K. But he's just such a mama's boy that and, and that the villain the villain in all of this is Agnes. Oh, that's true. I mean, Seymour does have more mommy issues than. I'm trying to come up with a, a relatively tasteful way of saying an incest porno magazine. Um, I can't, so let's just go with it as is. Um, yeah, Agnes is uh, bad news, bad for her son, uh, great for comedy. I, I always enjoy it when Edna uh, pops up and uh, just you know tears strips off people. But at the same time, you had a really good opportunity here to you know explain. Why Seymour is afraid of commitment. That's, and, a, good, you know, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. You could have, and the, you could have delved and the into show, the character The a bit. show yeah. was built up to that over time and it sort of laid little bits of foundation along the way. But to actually have the breakthrough and to say, have him talk to a shrink or have him talk to the guys at the bar or have him talk to Edna and say, I love you, but I can't commit and here's why I'm scared, I'm henpecked, whatever, whatever, whatever. I just think that would have been great. Uh, I do but- think I do think the, the the point this episode was trying to get across, though, which I liked, was that Mrs. K is a strong woman who doesn't need a man in the end, and she was willing to stand up for herself and go, you know what, I don't want you to marry me if you don't want to marry me. So I think they were more focusing on the Mrs. K aspect here of a woman doesn't need a man, which I liked, and that I don't oh. think we've actually seen. Don't we- tell them that. <laughs> we do get strong women on The Simpsons. But I do think it's an important message for young female viewers out there that you don't have to be married. You can be happy and unmarried. It's, it's well, fine. That's, that's true. And I mean, if you're going to have a situation like you have with Homer and Marge in this episode, then yes, you do need to have a counterbalance where you say, don't get into a shitty relationship for the sake of being in a relationship. Yeah. Because honestly, this is this episode just whittle away any affection I had for Homer and almost any affection I had for Marge. Well, this is the thing. You, you, because we have such a strong connection with the Simpsons characters, right? We don't yeah. want to see their marriage failing. We don't want to see that. You could have had her maybe discuss it with Luann and how she married Kirk. Even though she wasn't mm. really in love, that marriage fell apart. Focus on that. We don't want to see Marge and Homer fighting anymore. We want to, They're going to be dysfunctional at times. Everyone has their arguments and their biggers. But we don't want to see them at a point where Marge is like, don't end up like I have. It's like, that's not what we want. No, of course, every relationship is going to have its ups, downs. More often than not, it's going to have plateaus. It's going to have flat periods. As the Geelong AFL Geelong football coach always likes to say, the season, no marriages, they have ebbs and flows. (laughs) Scotty, what a legend. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, just the way that 
Homer behaved in this episode and the way Marge behaved in this episode was just unappealing to me. Yeah. So, yeah, there was a lot that I didn't really like about this episode. It was very much less than the sum of the parts and the parts didn't even add up to much by themselves. So I, I quite liked when comic book guy, comic book guy came into. I didn't mind that that part of the story. Getting back to the margin home, though, how I said that the episode would be better without it. I understand why they brought them in because they needed the counterbalance, like you said. But they should have focused on somebody else. It doesn't always have to be margin Homer. That's what I feel like. The, these new episodes tend to be. Mm. I've got here in my notes. Why are margin Homer? always the town's best friend? Why are they the ones hosting the weddings? Why are they the ones hosting the hen's nights and the bachelor parties? Why is it always Marge and Homer? Why, why do these people not have friends? Springfield <laughs> used to be this giant universe. Why does it always have to be involving The Simpsons? I get it, the yeah. show is The it Simpsons. Simpsons but, yeah, but, uh, I get that, but the, the show is now at the point where 15 seasons in, it would be fine if they weren't taking over this episode. Yeah, the show doesn't have to be retitled Springfield. No. But you could very easily have an episode that doesn't focus on Evergreen Terrace. Yeah, that could be wholly about other characters. And you know what? I think I think viewers of the show would appreciate it. I mm. think they'd be like, yeah, how can we miss you if you don't go away? <laughs> In saying that, I couldn't believe it took 15 seasons to have a Matt Groening appearance. I liked it. I was about to ask what you thought of the Matt Groening scene because uh, I don't know, I think there were certain personalities, certain celebrities who really play up that whole I'd rather you didn't talk to me thing. Uh, Steve Martin is famous for not giving autographs, but he will hand you a little business card that says, this is to certify that I have a personal encounter with Steve Martin. Oh, really? Charming. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what a collector's item. Yeah. I love one of those. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, and I don't think that's him being a prick. I think it's that's just him being kind of maybe socially awkward or a little shy or something. And graining here... No, you know what it is? It's, he, he he doesn't want her to sign something so now you can go and flog it. Because Quite it, possibly, m- yeah. Most people who are flippers would you know meet him at the airport to get a picture signed so they can go and sell it. He's like, here's a business card. You're not going to get fucking much for it, but it'll mean something to you if you really wanted to meet me. That's a good point. And in all honesty, you probably could get a bit for it on eBay. Yeah, um, probably, yeah. That's, we might have to look that up a bit later. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, the whole... Matt Groening cameo, I thought was funny, but I was wondering how. I mean, you'd know, you'd probably know a bit more about what he's like, personality wise or persona wise. But it's uh, it's a mixed bag when it comes to what people think of him. I know he doesn't do many media, much media anymore. He did a bit in the nineties. He doesn't do much media anymore. I know there was. It'd be, a, good, to, it'd be good to reach a stage where you wouldn't have to. Where yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, I know I've heard stories where people say he wanted the show to be all about himself. You know, it's mm-hmm. there was a big uh, tiff between himself and Sam Simon, one of the co-creators okay. of The Simpsons. He wanted to take the show in one direction. Matt Groening wanted to take it in another direction. And he wanted, it was very Matt, 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 Matt. Now, the, the Simpsons was created by Matt Groening, created by Matt Groening. It was like, it was, you did create them, but it was, it was, it was very also, much a collaborative uh, process. It was also yeah. our idea that we gave to you to sort of expand on, you know, like it was, you know, it wasn't just you, but everyone, he was like the poster child of who created The Simpsons. His name's on all the pictures, everything like that. So I know that it created some angst there with Sam Simon and, and other people who work on the show, but I know for a fact, if you go see Matt at a Comic Con or whatever, he always does draw like a little Bart Simpson scribble for you and things like that. Okay, that's And I've cool. heard from fans who have met him that he's absolutely lovely. I've never met him. I've heard he's absolutely lovely. So... I think what they were playing up here, obviously he voiced himself, yeah. was that he is overly approachable to fans. And I've heard that he is very nice, but 
he doesn't like to be bothered in his personal time. So I think there was a bit of a okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and it makes sense. And look, I thought I thought it was a very uh, a very nice and fun cameo. A nice little um, plug for Futurama as well. Very seamlessly written in. That's correct. And speaking of, uh, you know, seamless uh, Futurama uh, mentions, well, maybe listeners might uh, appreciate Tales of Futurama, uh, yeah. brought to you by your pals at Four Finger Discount. It's not just Tales of Futurama. It's Tales of Futurama. See, that's we're, why Dando gets the big bucks. We're currently in the, still in the first season. We're going back. Tales of Futurama 2.0, Guy and Myself, available exclusively on the Four Finger Discount Patreon page. It's going to be a patron and you get access to the show. So if you want to hear us talk about Futurama, the show that was created by Matt Groening. I did like here that Millhouse, though, mispronounced his name as Matt Groening. So one person <laughs> says Matt Groening, the other one says Matt Groening because people are always mispronouncing his name. It's Matt Groening. But I just like that even one of the characters on the show says Groening. That was a nice little, little touch. It, it's well. good that they take the piss out of themselves. I mean, I remember that early, um, what was it, artist's impression of Matt Groening or something, and it was him like with an eye patch and... Get out of my office! Yeah, <laughs> shooting a revolver at someone, which I thought was pretty funny. So, so yeah, so... I'm glad. I'm glad that you uh, provide a bit of context for that cameo, Dando, and for and a bit of information about Mr. Graining himself. So yeah, I mean, no, I thought it was fun, but it's uh, the way that he came across, or the way that he presented himself, or the way that the show presented him was like, hmm, are they? Are they well, I don't think they take the piss out of him to his face, no, or anything like that. But uh, I feel like the, the Simpsons room would be light, light-hearted jabs at each other. They oh, know there's yeah. nothing malicious about it, but it's just, it's, it's very Aussie humour. We, if yeah. we like you, we'll make fun of you. Absolutely. And it sounds silly, but we won't, we won't make a joke at someone's expense if we don't like them, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you can sort of size one up, size someone up and go, well, let's see if this person can take a joke. <laughs> and, and if they can, it's like, yeah, you're all right. And then that's when, and that's when the real sledging begins. Yes. <laughs> it's that's, on. That's when you know you're in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that, you're right about what, what you say about writers' rooms. I mean, based on everything that I've sort of read and heard, particularly comedy writing rooms, it's pretty much no holds barred. And you're, you're, you're taking the piss out of other people, but you're also bearing your soul in a lot of mm. ways, not just in terms of the jokes that you throw out there. Because, I mean, you can't be afraid to fail. I mean, you've got to be sort of thrown out... Uh, what about this? What about this? And people might just go, bow, bow. It's, it's got to, you got to have the, the vibe of it's an open forum. No one's wrong. Nothing's bad. It's just yeah. all ideas. No yeah. bad, yeah, no bad ideas. Or probably bad ideas, but, you some, know. Some ideas are just better than others. Nothing is wrong. Nothing is bad. Yeah, we'll hear it anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so um, I imagine that would be, hopefully, that's the kind of at, um, atmosphere in which this cameo was generated and birthed. Hey, my favourite. What were your favourite moments from My Big Fat Geek Wedding? I didn't have too many. Okay. I've got really? to say. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't like this. I, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed particularly the last half of this episode. Uh, but something I really did enjoy was when um, uh, Mo was cracking open the phone book to find some adult entertainment and the logo or the uh, the tagline... Friction for dancing, the, please. For the, yeah, but, <laughs> that's correct. Yeah, sorry. The tagline for the stripper... Uh, organization that he was going to call was if we send your daughter it's free <laughs> i didn't say that <laughs> which i thought was just hilarious uh and something i really enjoyed just the very end of the episode was yep. uh julie kavner going oh oh yeah with the, with the klingon raising the kids yes yep. yes i thought that was pretty funny very sweet i, I liked the uh wiggum getting into the stripping is that a five <laughs> <laughs> and the and the very 
I don't know. I want to say half-hearted, but maybe subtle backup by uh, Lou and uh, I'm sorry, I got the other cop's name. Eddie. Yes, yes, yeah. Just like, mm, mm. yeah, you like, like that. these ladies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that one's kind of funny. There's something about a uniform. Like do, you, like, do you think if you rocked up in a police uniform at home to Love Louise, it'd just be like, let's get it on. Like, what? Why, why do women just fall to their knees to, to men in uniform? I don't get it. No, I don't know. Get out of parking tickets. No, no. Um, <laughs> uh, that's a very good question, and I don't know. They, I don't know how much. Uh, what's what's the what's the male equivalent? Like a girl, a woman a girl, in a, a school a girl uniform. No clothes. Yeah, no clothes. Yeah, school uniform. I guess maybe. Maybe yeah, because I mean that's usually but that's just creepy when, to an extent. The older you get, the creepier it is. You know, the older you get, the creepier it is. True, but that it's a very not primal thing, but it's a very that's when maybe, you're maybe maybe a, maybe a sexy teacher outfit. Also a possibility, and uh, yeah. yes, and a, and a little less creepy, you might say. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's when your hormones kick in, when you're at school. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you've got a sort of a, a lizard brain response to that. Where it's like, oh, oh, yeah, I remember when so-and-so came back from summer holiday and it's like, pow, pow. <laughs> there is that saying, I love a man in uniform. I don't know how, if it still holds up as much today. Maybe it does. I mean, when's the last time you saw a male stripper and what were they wearing? Um, what were they wearing? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> See, I mean, I've, I've, I've watched the Magic Mike movies like anyone else. And yeah, no. it's true. They all tend to be wearing like military uniforms or sometimes they have cop uniforms. I don't know how true Magic Mike is to life, but it was apparently based on Channing Tatum's actual time as a male, as a male entertainer. I was just like, Nicola, here's Magic Mike for your birthday. I'll see you in two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I also enjoyed, because it just reminded me, we've all been in this kind of moment, but there's gossipers in every office, right? But Homer, I won't tell anyone. Marge, you won't believe it. Skinner's <laughs> getting cold feet straight away to Skinner. Yeah. There are some people, I told someone in our office about three weeks ago something that I was like, don't tell anyone. And literally on my lunch break that day, I was getting asked about it from someone in the warehouse. Oh. I'm like, You've, it's taken you an hour to tell people in the warehouse. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, and we've also had that moment where you've been told this information. And it's like, man, I know I promised to tell no one, but this is juicy information. Oh, I, I can't just tell let, somebody. I can't just let this fester inside me. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. You there, eating the paste. All right, it's time now for some trivia for my big fat geek wedding. But before we do that, we have some shout outs for our $20 patrons, Woo! starting with none other than Jonathan Rossi. Christopher Darby, Andrew Zer, Jordan Molman, Richie Steamtam Champion, Dylan Haggett, Sally Kimberly, Hank Scorpio, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Zach Pruitt from the You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, Community Podcast, Timothy Burleson, Joel Yoland, Katie G, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Jenna Rice, Reese Roberts, Adam Sanderson, The Sandman, George <laughs> McManamy, my wrestling buddy, Stephen Roberts, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, David Stewart, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, Groundskeeper Noah, and Declan Phoenix. Thank you so much, guys. Don't forget, guys, uh, if you want to be a patron of Four Finger Discount, it's going to go to patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. Get early access to all the shows we do here, as well as access to the Facebook group where you get to banter with Guy and myself on a daily basis. And if you're a $5 plus patron, you get your name read out on the podcast. And you also get access to prize draws, 
bonus exclusive podcasts that aren't available anywhere else but on our Patreon, which includes Tales of Futurama, as we explained earlier. The mm-hmm. four-figure discount revisited classics that we do. We've chucked up the Whacking Day one for you guys for free a couple of weeks ago. So if you enjoyed that, you can find plenty of other revisited classics at patreon.com slash four-finger discount. Now, if you have become if you have become a patron in the last couple of days, have no fear, your name will be read out on next week's podcast. But for now, Mr. Davis, it is time to get into some trivia for my Big Fat Geek Wedding. My first question is, Okay. name the drinks that Selma walks in with at the Hen's Night. Oh. Oh. I knew it. I knew you were going <laughs> to ask this and I didn't write it down. Ah! Um, not sex on the beach and virgin sex on the beach. It's... Uh, but there's so something and there's virgin something. It's it's well sex with an alligator. Sex with an alligator. Then it's screaming orgasms yes, and virgin screaming, screaming orgasms. orgasms. Yes. Damn it. Alrighty, I... your first question. <laughs> uh what is Duffman's uh rate for being an adult entertainer? Three dollars an hour. <laughs> It's a good rate. <laughs> Any episode that has Duffman, I enjoy. I think that's just the thing. Oh, that's, actually, no, he was in Codependence Day. So, no, I take that back. That's, yeah. That was the first, first episode that I didn't enjoy Duffman. That's the my, exception to the rule. Yeah, my next question is... I do, uh, by the way, before we get into any more trivia, I love the feedback we've been getting. Everyone's like, Dad, it was so angry in Codependence Day. Can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was angry too, guys. Uh, I don't think anyone's heard me that angry, though, ever. That's true, yeah. Yeah, I was not happy with that episode at all. Uh, my next question is, what's Homer's code name on the walkie-talkie? His code name is Fat Load. What yeah. is Bart's? I don't know. What is it? Cowabunga One. Cowabunga One. Nice blade. Right. Your next question. Or was my that yours? Question. Uh, no, actually, but it was one of my questions, yep. but uh, that played out all right. Uh, w- according to Skinner, where were he and Edna going to be spending their honeymoon? Be specific. Oh, I just know it's cabin 32. Mm-hmm. Room. E? Two, three? Two. Three. <laughs> 23. <laughs> He's holding it on. He's like two, then three, then back yeah, to two, then three. I'm moving my hand, which I shouldn't do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I was cabin 32, room something. What, what Room three, was it? Cabin 32, room three. Okay, yes. By the way, what was Skinner thinking? You got Mrs. K. What are you doing, dude? She's, she's the best. I love Mrs. K. <laughs> we will get to that when we review this episode, but yes. yes, that is the main question of this episode. Seymour, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> what tattoo does comic book guy have on his butt? Oh, when, he, when, when he's on the veranda at Mrs. K's and he goes back into the bedroom, we see a tattoo on his ass. That, that must have been when I looked away because I have no idea. I didn't even okay. know he had a tattoo. It is the logo for this. Batman! <laughs> Superman, the movie. Yes. <laughs> I never realised, I was watching, uh, I think it was the documentary on the, on the Blu-ray or whatever, but it's like the theme song, or the music, the score for Superman, is meant to go, Superman! I never clued in, I was like, of course really? it is! Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that every kid is, you know, sort of, Struck a Superman pose. Superman. I never. I literally never have. I was like, it's right there. It's been there my whole life. How did I not realize this? <laughs> I. Have, but I'm. I'm terrible at really obvious things like that. I mean, I'm, how many times have I told you that I? It took me maybe fifteen years to realize that Legally Blonde was a play on Legally Blind. You've never told me that, but you have now. <laughs> have, my secret shame. <laughs> oh, go watch some Legally Blonde. 
<laughs> I remember that movie not being that bad. I remember enjoying that movie when it first came out for what yeah. it was. If you go into it expecting a dumbed down chick flick, that's what you get, and it's it's a well made dumbed down chick flick. See, I have not rewatched it in many many years, and but there's there's plenty of other stuff to uh, take care of before I revisit. Have you seen uh, Elle Woods? Have you seen Legally Blonde Two? The bitch is back. Is it called The Bitch is Back? I thought it was called Red, White and Blonde. (laughs) Probably is. (laughs) Damn. Uh, Uh, Am I going to ask you a question? Yeah, ask me a question. Go for it. Okay. What is the name of the wedding band at uh, Edna Edna and Seymour's uh, aborted wedding? You have stumped me, sir. What is it? This made me laugh and smile for multiple reasons. It is the Larry Davis wedding experience. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Anything that's an experience, you enjoy it, don't you? Very much so. I think I've told you that uh, the lovely Louise's eldest son, Isaac, very talented musician, and they've got a thing at school where they have band, and mm. they were could name their bands and uh, or name them, you know, name themselves as an artist. And I was saying, you've got to go with the Isaac Jans experience. Oh, uh, it's, you cannot fail if you've got the experience in your title. It's like I'm at least going to try these guys out because it's going to be an experience. <laughs> he looked at me like. I'm gonna break. I'm gonna break up you and my mother. Why? <laughs> no, no, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. <laughs> but he's thinking it. Probably. She could do better. <laughs> All right. My All right. final question. My final question. So I've got here. I've got two things. I can't think of. I didn't write the questions. Wrote the answer. I don't oh. think. I can't remember what this was. So the answer was Lake Michigan. What was the question? <laughs> what did Homer want to skip his wedding ring across? Ah, that's right. Across Lake Michigan. Okay. And my last question here is. Which comics was Homer going to sell at the Biomon Bi- Mon- Bi- Sci-Fi Con? Yeah. And which ones was he going to buy as a result? Oh, I missed that part. He's um, like, I'm going to sell my Lois Lane comics and buy some Jimmy Olsen's and then we'll save Edna from doing something stupid. Oh, interesting. Yes. I, missed, I missed that line entirely. What, what? That's where Marge was like, Edna's with, with comic book guy? We've got to stop this. And then Homer says, we're going to go to the Biomon Sci-Fi Con. Mm-hmm. I did like it. It was a throwback to... The episode with Luke Skywalker with Mark Hamill, Mad to the Mob, because uh, they go correct. to buy my sci-fi con. There you go. Yeah. I have one more question for you, if you'd like it. Hit me with it. Okay. What are the alternative games to kickball that uh, Seymour yeah. announces over the uh, over the intercom? They are Volley Brick was one. Mm-hmm. Base Game. Yes. Oh, what was the first one? The coolest uh, sounding game ever. Oh, it's it's the one that Milhouse uh, Dodge Rock. Dodge Rock. Dodge Rock. <laughs> That's been trivia for My Big Fat Geek Wedding. We'll be right back, guys, after this short break with our in-depth review of the episode. Yeah. Good news, everyone. Everyone's favourite podcast from the year 3000 has returned. Yes, it is Tales of Futurama. Each week, we'll be going back and revisiting every episode of the series, discussing the themes, gags, and all the Easter eggs you may not have seen the first time around. It's Tales of Futurama, available now exclusively at patreon.com slash discount. The original air date for my big fat geek wedding was April 18th, 2004. The episode was written by Kevin Curran and directed by Mark Kirkland and guest star Matt Groening as himself. Uh, no chopboard gag. The couch gag was the one where the uh, family are all like Play-Doh. Play-Doh. The Play-Doh. Play, what are they, Play-Doh machines? Whatever. Play, Play-Doh. A gag so good I repeated it twice. Elliot got this fart putty from um, Kmart. $2 Sk- a jar. Excuse Best me? Best shit ever. Like, it keeps them entertained for hours. They love it, the kids. Explain fart putty. So it comes in a little plastic jar, little tub. 
Yes. And if you squeeze your thumb into it, it just makes fart sounds because of the way that the air's escaping oh, the jar okay. with it. But the good thing about it is it's like putty. So you put it on the table and it's like Play-Doh, but Play-Doh sticks to things and it gets all in your under your nails and it, little bits and pieces oh. go everywhere. This putty is just like a... It's like flubber. It just sort of goes on the oh. table. And the more you, the more it warms up, the more loose it becomes, kind of, as in like more... It's not, cause <laughs> That's what when, she said. <laughs> when it first comes out of the uh, the tub... It's just like a, a, a clump of uh, of putty, but as it warms up, it sort of, sort of devolves into like a dissolves into like a a really floppy texture. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it without sounding you're weird. You're just you're just chock full of '90s comedy references. You got both flubber and the clumps in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hercules, Hercules, fart putty, fart putty. One of my favourite moments as a kid was watching that fart scene of of um was it that was number two, wasn't it? Where you played all the family. I think so, but he he played the whole family in the first one as well. But which is the one? Where, which is the one where he has the wedding and he and the face comes out of the pants and he's like, "This is some scary shit." Is that number two? I think that is the second one. Yeah, okay, that's the one I remember. Yeah, but I do remember him with um, is it fucking what's his face? Who, who's the who's playing the comedian that he? I think it's over? Dave Chappelle. It's Dave Chappelle, isn't it? Yeah, it is Dave Chappelle. Red, plays Reggie. 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 <laughs> Coming up against Reggie. It's a full moon tonight. Yeah. What a, what a scene that was. Oh, <laughs> Reggie. Your breath's so bad, it makes people uh, so anxious for your thoughts. <laughs> what a, what, that was... I know it's a bad movie overall. I don't but, think it is a bad movie. But, but we got Eddie Murphy as Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah, it was a real comeback for Eddie, I think. Yeah, it was a big success. I remember being very popular. You never hear anything about it anymore, but yeah, like I remember really loving those, particularly the first one when I was a kid anyway. I think it would be viewed as body shaming these days, although it does have ah, a really sort of po- you know, comfortable in your own skin message. Because, you know, Buddy Love or who, you know, whoever he becomes when he's the nutty professor mm. is a bit of a dick, you know, and is Sherman it? Klump is a good guy. Oh, so when he's losing weight, he's a dick. Yes, of course. Yeah, yes. yeah. When he's regular Eddie Murphy, he's a real sort of cocky scumbag. Yeah. And when he's clump, he's just a really nice guy. <laughs> Pleasingly plump. But the episode <laughs> kicks off with Marge in bed with Homer. She's reading recipes to think about in bed. And I wouldn't mind this book. I love reading a good recipe. Not going to lie. Uh, I am very partial. I've got, I've got a bunch of cookbooks. Not many I've actually used to cook shit. But um, I just like looking at the pictures. I like looking at the pictures and imagining, hmm, it'd be, good to, it'd be good to go out and get all these ingredients and make this delightful dish that I will then eat and I'd have a shit ton of leftovers and a whole bunch of like, <laughs> I only used half that pumpkin, um, all that kind of business. But uh, I, I am wholly with Marge and with you, Dando. Uh, cookbooks are great. Good to read in bed. What cookbook don't you have? I'll buy you one for your birthday. Well, um, let me think what's about your, it. What, what's your favourite kind of cookbook? The last one I bought was called Death by Burrito. Oh, you love your burritos. You're a burrito man, aren't you? I do love a good burrito. Yeah. All right. you can, you, there's a terrific show on on Netflix called Taco Chronicles. I've heard about this. I recommend it to all and sundry. You will want to move to Mexico or someplace <laughs> that uh, does has tacos and burritos all the time because oh man, it's just so good. And they just they launched the second season. I didn't realize it. I was like, oh, I wouldn't mind. I was feeling really hungry, but not the kind of. But I'd already eaten. You know, mm. I was like, I don't need food to fill my belly. I just want food for the taste. The comfort of the taco. Yeah, very much so. And it's like, I'm not going to eat anything else, but I will watch this taco show just to, oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and then when I got into Netflix, it's like, wait a minute. These are episodes I haven't seen before. 
New season of Taco Chronicles. How epic is it? How exciting is it when you just put Netflix on or whatever and it's the new season, you're like, holy shit, it's a whole season. I didn't even know this existed. (laughs) So, yes, that's good news. Uh, But, yes, cookbooks are good for reading in bed and Marge is reading one in bed. Homer is changing their batteries. They're out of the triple A's. They're out of triple A's, so he's whittling down some D's. Very stupid scene, but I liked the animation. I thought when, he, when it was zapping the lights off, it looked really cool. I, I have written here. It's a very nice visual. Is it worth it for this stupidity? Um, nah. But even then, on reflection, it's like, it's not actually that stupid. It's like, uh, well. Oh, it's pretty stupid. The, I, it is quite stupid. Oh, the batteries have got it too big. Might just whittle it down a little. I could see it working. I can, I can imagine that joke working, but somehow not here. I don't know why. You know what it was? Because right from the get-go, it says to me, oh, another Homer and Marge annoyed yeah. each other story. Ugh, again. It, it does set a tone, you're right. That's why I liked the Wandering Juvie last week so much, because we got none of that shit. It was, I think they just try, hopefully they stray away from, we get it, Homer annoys Marge, but she always forgives him yeah. over for, for nothing in the end. Can we just stop doing this story now? Yeah, and I was thinking about this, Dan, though, because, I mean, it feels like, oh, my God, we're seeing this all the time. Uh, but then I thought, oh, but yeah, but we're watching episodes all the time. It's like, yeah, but we're not watching more than one a week. No, like the way it come that, like the way it came out, or the no, way no. it comes out. We're not, we're not oversaturating ourselves with The Simpsons at all. It's just the same fucking story over and over again. Yeah. So you need, and I've got no problem. Well, clearly, I do have a problem with it. In theory, I don't have a problem with Homer and Marge having marital issues. But when they're the same issue over and over again, and it never gets resolved, or there's never Ma- even much sli- gives him for nothing in the in the like last thirty seconds of the episode. Yeah, it's all it, it, it always ends up the same way. So there's no I find substance that a bit to it. No, no, there's no substance, no repercussions, nothing. So hopefully yeah, they can it, stray away from it. And it just builds up over time. And it's like, why are you still with this guy? Yeah, exactly. I know. Anyway, so when they catch the the school and the kids are playing kickball. And Ralph's the catcher. Nelson kicks the ball. I feel like Nelson would be the, the best kickball player at school. He's the big kid on campus. Exactly, yes. And Willie runs over the ball, thinks he's shredded a child again, so he's off to Venezuela. By the way, uh, I'm sorry, I'm being a real grouch this episode. Grumpy guy. Yeah, brought to you by Four Finger Discount. That's true. I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to steal Dando's uh, crown here from uh, Codependence Day. Anytime you have a scene where a ball gets hit or kicked and it goes a long distance... Try to do something other than the music from the natural. That da 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 da. I just that's played as the, the go-to. Yeah, yeah. And while the school's only ball is being repaired, the following alternative sports will be offered: dodge rock, volley brick, and base game. I want to play dodge rock. <laughs> You're out. Finally, on a personal note, Mrs. Krabappel and I are to be joined in holy wedlock this Saturday. We'll be honeymooning at Lake Shelbyville Lodge, cabin 32, room 3, and we do not wish to be disturbed. He explains specifically where they're going to be going, which is not what you want to be doing, <laughs> particularly when kids like Bart are in the room. But Bart, I feel like he's not going to sabotage their, their wedding. He likes no. Mrs. K. The kids like Mrs. K, which is why it was weird when they turned on her later, because they should be on Mrs. K's side. Yeah, I mean, admittedly, I think it was only Nelson who was doing it. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. still... It did feel like he was the voice of the kids as opposed yeah, to just, a, just yeah. an outlier. Yeah, also, I mean, Bart's been acting as a little bit of a Cupid mm-hmm. in, in the past between the two of them. So, yeah, I, I don't think that he would pull pranks, although it is in, in his nature to pull pranks. Well, Bart's always been there. When it comes to the Skinner and Mrs. K relationship, like he was the one who discovered them. 
and then they had to um they made him keep it a secret. Like he, he, Bart's always been that little middleman in in like the relationship. Besides Agnes being the the middle yeah. woman, being the pain in the ass, he's been the little bit of glue that sort of kept them together. He when she's when Mrs. K's needed someone to talk to, she Bart's just been there conveniently <laughs> for the story. But yeah, Bart's always been a big help when it comes to the relationship, and he likes Mrs. K. He's glad for her. Mrs. K says, you know what, though? I'm not getting my hopes up. I'm not going to do anything until I've got him hanging on the wall. I liked <laughs> this reference of the old fish on the wall fad. Man, this took me back. Big mouth Billy Bass. Oh, take me to the river. They were huge, man. They really were, and I wonder why. I don't know. My parents still have theirs in the pool room, and it's like, I'll put it on sometimes when we're playing pool, and I'm like, yeah, that was a thing. Like, you know, it's like I, I, The fish thing is so, it's this a is good for a, yeah. This is good for approximately 10 seconds. But the thing is, though, when they first came out, people thought they were hilarious. They were they, the greatest thing ever. It's like, really, did. This is genius. <laughs> <laughs> this will never get old. Because they used to sing the song. They used to be like, I want to know, can you help me? And everyone would be like, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. Look, it's turned its head. <laughs> like, that it, was the selling point. The fact that it turned its head. It was so it's funny. like it's alive. Yes, it was hilarious. Anyway, I do have good flashbacks of when the footy show was actually a popular show here in Australia mm. before it got cancelled and whatever. But Sam Newman had one of those talking fish on the show and he tried to destroy it with a, like a big hammer or something. That's right. Those things were, you couldn't destruct them. Indestructible. Mm. The entire show just kept singing. <laughs> they couldn't stop it. But anyway, so now it's at the Hens Night at the Simpsons. I've got here why, but anyway, enough about that. Mm. Convenient for the story. They've got the sexy drinks and the sexy adult games and Marge mm. says, thank God I sent the kids to Grandpa's house to shelter their little minds, you know, to keep them safe. Meanwhile, he's showing them off pictures of Germans being burned alive. Ah! How, do you, how do you sleep at night? Yeah, they drug us. And Mrs. K, she's got a lot of edible panties. Not going to lie, I have never been in the same room as edible panties. Uh, me neither. No. Which is a shame. <laughs> I, I, I personally don't think it is. Um... Just It just seems like it just takes a long time. <laughs> I'm going to provide you with a little more information than you and the listeners may want or need in mm. your life. But... I've never been inclined to do the thing where it's like, ooh, let's bring some whipped cream and chocolate into the boudoir. It's like, no, let's not, first of all. Nothing uh, raunchy, nothing ribald. No, nothing ribald. <laughs> Lights out, please. Yeah. <laughs> no, but well, maybe it's because I'm a hairy gent. Oh, I get all mixed up in there. and Yeah, yeah you'd end up just like, you know, s- uh, smelling like the uh, use-by uh, use date has expired in the dairy section. It's, it's terrible. No, <laughs> don't, don't do it. Um, <laughs> so whipped cream for Guy for his birthday, edible panties. No sex cream, no edible panties. <laughs> just, just books about burritos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the one exception. Yeah, burrito, the bedroom burrito. What, what, what happens if... The love of Louise brings a burrito into the bedroom. Is that as ribald as you get? Oh, pretty much. <laughs> pretty sauce. So- as long as it's very saucy, right? A lot of sauce in that burrito. And uh, don't even get me started on the taco. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move along swiftly, shall we? Let's move along swiftly. Because as Lindsay Nagel points out, now that's sexual. Homer, this bachelor party seems to have peaked. Would you please return my pants and or underpants so I can go home? Come on. It's your last night of freedom. You got to have some fun. Who are all of you people? We're your buddies. Now, come on, Homer's kids, principal. Have a beer. I can't. I might be called upon to give directions later. Skinner, you were asked to chug a lug, and a lug you shall chug. 
There's something I've wanted to say to you for a long time. My good principal. You're the best we could get with the funds at our disposal. Duffman is then stripping at the hands party, getting paid 30 bucks an hour. I'd do it for 30 bucks an hour, wouldn't you? Um, yes, but I'd feel like that I'm overcharging. <laughs> Flanders has dobbed them in because they've got a strip diddly idler or whatever, <laughs> whatever we can say. I did, I did love him. <laughs> yes. that, that sort of disapproving look as he's, uh, you know, looking through the window. Hmm. Close his blinds. They then flirt with Wiggum. Is, is that a five? And then he takes his shirt up and starts dancing. I was like, this is awesome. Oh, man. Well, something I really loved was uh, that smooth sandwich moved by Duffman. Yeah, I know. Like, He's like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. It looked like a really nice sandwich he made, too. Yep. I, clearly, I clearly haven't had dinner before we recorded Neither this Neither have episode. I. I'm very hungry. All very, right. very hungry. Okay. <laughs> uh, Skinner is now wasted. And Mo uh, says, "Right, it's time for some strippers. Like, no friction dancing." I'm like, "Oh, come on, man! Like, get, get, you've been married before. What was I the had- most raunchiest thing that happened on your bucks party?" I didn't actually. I don't think I had one. No stripper at all. I didn't have one. I, 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 I my my mates forced me basically to go to the strippers in Melbourne, and I was there, and I was like, "I'm not interested. <laughs> go over there. They've got they've got the money you want." <laughs> yeah. Um. I went to a Bucks night for, a, I guess, a friend of a friend. I mean, I've been to a few Bucks nights. I went to one that was very tame by comparison. I mean, we just... Played we went, golf and smoked nah, cigars. Yeah, we went got... We had steaks at this really nice restaurant, and then we went to Crown Casino and just, you know, threw a bit of money around. And, you know, we drank a fair bit. That we sounds were, good to me. Yeah, and we were out till like four or five in the morning. It was great. Yeah. Uh, but I've also been to another one. This was the friend of the friend, where we went to... The Terminus Hotel in Geelong. Oh, the Terminus. See, I, that was closed by the time I was 18. But yes, the late, pa- the late lamented Terminus Hotel. Yeah, driving past as a kid, I used to always look out the window and just see if I can peek inside the windows. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. It was not on the wrong side of town, but it was on the wrong side of town, if you know what I mean. It, it automatically became the wrong side of town. It just, it, it's near, what was that pub called? The Saint what? Oh, the Saint, Saint Charles Hotham. Saint Charles, it's near the Saint Charles Hotham and it's just... It's enough out of town where it felt like it was on the wrong side of the tracks, like you said. Yeah, it was past the train station and near the cop shop. Yeah. So it's like anything could happen on, here. On the way to the Suvlaki shop. <laughs> on the way to Texas Burgers yeah, down yeah. at Mercer Street. Uh, and I think the atmosphere in there was enough that we were all just getting quite hammered. And yeah, it turned a bit a bit rowdy. But at the same time, I was like, this feels a bit low rent. I want to hear your Bucks parties or hands party stories, everybody. You can remain anonymous, anonymous, sorry, but I want to hear your raunchiest story from a hands party or a Bucks party. What do they call them in the States? A stag do. Yeah, not the States, yeah, in, the, um, in the UK. A stag do. Uh, so let us know. Mailbag at gmail.com. Yes. Write in. I want to hear your most raunchiest story from a hands party or yes. stag do. Yes. Bachelor party in the U in the US, stag do in the U in the UK, Bucks night here in Australia. You know, Homer, Edna was bugging me and bugging me to set a date, and I picked one that seemed far away, and it zoomed up like a June bug flying at my windshield. What are you trying to tell me, Skinner? Homer, Lenny, my man, I can never lie to you guys. I'm, I'm starting to get cold feet. Please don't tell anyone. Don't worry. Your secret's safe with me. Marge, guess what? Skinner wants to bail on his wedding. Homer, you're still talking to me. 
Oh man, is this awkward. I'm out of here. It takes a lot of courage to admit you've got cold feet. Because mm. I think if you were getting married and you're so close to the wedding and you started getting cold feet, how do you express that? Yeah, because you feel like you feel like a villain. You feel like an asshole. But if that's just how you feel, it's how you yeah. feel. It's your it's your subconscious or your conscious consciousness telling you something, mm. and I think you ignore it at your peril. You do need to talk to someone about it, and you need to articulate the reasons why, which I think this episode needed to do, yeah. other than just I've got cold feet. I don't want to get married. Marge can't believe it, and Homer says to her, "Yep, that's right, Marge. You got the last perfect man. He's wrecked the car." So this is just a whole scene just to set up the fact that Marge is unhappy with the marriage. And I was like, we've been here before. We don't need this again. Um, but Homer says, the most important thing here is we make sure Skinner gets to the altar because it'll take six months to tear that apart. And then we get Naked Duffman, who's just sitting <laughs> on the uh, on the chair. We're now at the wedding and Lisa notices that Skinner is eyeing all the exits and stretching his calves. He's ready to make a runner, do a runner. Bart is on the perimeter, though. What's, what's he called? Cowbunga 1? Is that what you said? He, he's Cowbunga 1 and Homer is fat load. Yep. And Cowbunga 1 says Mrs. K has arrived. I like that Otto. I know they they kind of ruined it here. We're yeah. saying, oh, this is this is awesome. That cloud's awesome. I'm like, no, no. How about Otto just tells Mrs. K that she looks awesome. awesome? Because Mrs. K is fucking awesome. You are correct. It's okay to just have a character be nice to somebody. Sometimes sincerity is its own reward. Yep. Skinner then tries to sneak out, but Homer stops him, and then over, uh, Edna overhears him say that he's got cold feet, and she imagines them in the future with Robot Agnes, and she dropped her little Larval sack, in, sack in the toilet or whatever. Just basically life as it is now, but in the future. She's a rope. She's a robot spider. Yes, he won't. Um, he won't even combine their CD collection. It's just not going to happen. CDs, man. Two thousand and four. How you doing? <laughs> Very optimistic of the Simpsons that CDs are still a thing that far in the future. I'm pretty sure. Was it The Simpsons? Yeah, it was The Simpsons that, that took the piss out of um, DVDs in a recent episode when they got to the right, dump, remember? Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's like DVDs. So you'd think CDs would have been the same thing. But anyway. Well, this is it, Edna. As I once said at the Battle of Kason, I surrender. We are gathered together today to join Seymour and Edna in holy matrimony. Does anyone present know any reason why these two should not be wed? I do. <gasps> no, you say that part later. I'm sorry, Seymour. I can't marry someone who doesn't want to be with me. <laughs> we got a runner. Snipers, take your shot. I can't do it. That dress is a Vera Wang. What a douchebag. Never say I surrender. You suck, Seymour. <laughs> you suck. And, Ed, and it was a nice moment here for Edna to go, you know what? I don't want to marry him. I'm not going to marry somebody who doesn't want to marry me. And I was like, yep, that's right. You stand up for yourself. Don't do this. Correct. Um, you, are, you are too good for, for Skinner, really. And that's actually quite a good element of the story is that Mrs. K is too good for Skinner, right? Hmm. The entire time, we all love Mrs. K and she feels like a doormat and she's just sort of settling for Skinner because no one else wants her. I like that the episode ended. I know they eventually end up together, I think, for a while. I'm not too sure, but I like that. She just went, you know what? Fuck this. I am going to go live the life that I want. I'm like, good for you. Yeah, look, I'm I'm not a fan necessarily of the sitcom trope that um, <laughs> this is going to make me sound very um, uh, chauvinistic. 
but the, women are always right and men are always wrong. You know, we have a we have a fair bit of that. It's like I'm a dopey husband and I've got a hot wife. I'm a that's bit sick a, of that's, that. That's your sitcom cliche. It's it's hot, very hot, played. Hot out. Intelligent wife with dumb fat husband. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit played out, and I'm not a fan. But I think the arc of the Edna Skinner relationship should be he has to earn her. Not no, and I don't mean in the way that she's a prize. She's not property. He, no, 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 no. He has to be. He has to be worthy of her. He has to prove to her that he deserves her. Yeah, you know, he has to become a better person. He has to. He has to man up. Essentially, yeah, she, she's not just going to settle for him because because he, he said that he because he he wants her to. No, you've yes. got to earn her, like you said. Yeah, you've got to earn her love. Everyone's now gossiping about them. Uh, he drove her to it. Uh, she's she's just doing it for the appliances. He's a she. She's a he. They're both both. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. That's very 2004, and we'll yeah. hear that again later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, do we ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Skinner says not even, that. Uh, I'm not even wearing a collar, but I'm tugging it. <laughs> Skinner says, tugging what? <laughs> <laughs> Skinner says that uh, she's gone from tidy to absent. Let's go to the reception and forget about it. And is this awkward? Dancing by himself because he paid for the dance lessons. I was like, oh, my. Mm. If I saw somebody doing this, I don't know whether I would just go join them or I would just leave in just embarrassment for them. I'd like to think that I would be big enough of spirit and courage and generosity that I would get out on their dance floor and, you know, you're not alone, buddy. Yeah. You should be. You're fucked up, but still. <laughs> By the way, I'm, as I, as we do this, I'm actually doing a little dance. You are. Just it's a very good dance. It sucks. The kids are all then dissing Mrs. K for breaking Skinner's heart. I'm like, no. No, bros wrong. Bro's behind four hoes. What are you talking about, Nelson? Get out of here. Get out of here. You don't know what you're talking about, kid. <laughs> Marjane comes to see her. So how are you holding up? Actually, I feel fine. Why should I settle for someone who's not passionate about me? Oh, passion's for teens and immigrants. I'm just glad to have someone to look at when I wake up in the morning. I'm just happy to have someone to wake up next to in the morning. I was like, this is this is not what you should be promoting. This is not don't right. Don't settle. Don't yeah. settle. And I know that's the point of having her in the episode, but I don't like hearing Marge say that. I don't want mm. to hear that. Because Marge and Homer are like the, the, the mum and dad of, of our childhood. Like, we, we, we grew up watching these two characters. We don't yeah. want them unhappy. We don't want to be living in a broken marriage. Yeah. And we know that they're flawed, and we know yeah. that they'll get on each other's nerves. Every, every marriage that, has flaws. That's what... Yeah, you know, separated the Simpsons from other sitcoms of the time. I mean, you didn't really see the Keatons on Family Ties getting on each other's nerves, or the married with children was the closest thing. Married with children was the closest thing. Yeah, it's like yeah, sometimes marriage can you know be a mutually assured destruction pact. Doesn't mean you don't love each other. Yeah, no, but yeah, it's just it's just too it's too. I think it's just too much of it. Maybe maybe it was this was like a. The first one of the season, it wouldn't feel so much, but there's just been so much this season. It's just like, oh, enough already. But she then has the flashback to Homer sitting in bed with the, or the, the kegs in the bed and Homer's on the floor. And says she just wants romance and excitement. And she makes Marge realize, oh, wait, maybe there is an issue with our marriage. I'm like, yes, mm. as there has been for the entire fucking season. Anyway, Skinner is now at Moe's. He says, Bart's right, I am a wiener. I'm like, whoa, what a throwback to season that, one. That is a shout out and then <laughs> something. That is a very loud shout out to go all the way back. Yes, yeah, very much so. <laughs> but I, I am a wiener. <laughs> he sure is. He sure is. <laughs> one of my favourite bits, one of my all-time favourite lines of the season. There's not much to it, but... Because they're going in there because Bart's in trouble for doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he sure is. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> anyway, enough Mo, flashback. 
Mo is uh, annoyed because Skinner's just being a downer here and he's causing Barney to... um. Barney's back on the source and Mo says, I've finally got him back on the source. And I'm like, I know... Mm. I know the Barney character is funnier and more of a uh, an asset to the show being the drunk. Yes. But hearing Mo say that, I got him back on the source, I'm like, ah, oh, it's kind of mean. <laughs> you should have just left him as a drunk, in yeah, all just, honesty. I because- know what they were trying to do, but you have to try something. I don't know. They, 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 I, I, don't, I don't discredit it for trying something. It just didn't I guess, work. But I mean, this is one of the times when you could have had it both ways or split the difference. And it's like, well, I'm not going to quit drinking, but I might cut back a bit. You know, I'll only drink on Tuesdays, Thursdays and Wednesdays or something like that. Um, as opposed to, no, I'm going to quit. And then putting him back on is like, now I just feel sad and sorry for the character. Yeah, I think like my like, sorry, Mo saying I've got him back on the source. Don't don't make him feel good because then he'll he'll go back to being sober again. I'm like, oh, this is just mean. Yeah, <laughs> jeez, Homer, this guy is bringing the whole bar down. I finally got Barney back on the source. If he doesn't have fun, he could easily slip right back into sobriety. Don't worry. If I feel the urge to sober up, I'll just talk to my sponsor. Drink or I'll die. Wait a minute. I thought you didn't want to get married. That was before I missed her smell, her warmth, her beautiful, beautiful penmanship. I wrote a letter the other day to somebody, and I realized how bad I am at writing now because we don't write often enough. My writing, I used to pride myself on how neat my handwriting was. I was embarrassed of how, like, I was writing it. In my mind, I'm writing neat. And then I looked at the letter when it finished, and I went, what the hell is this? Yeah, your muscle memory gets a bit uh, fuzzy, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. I, I'll have occasion... I mean, I still like to write longhand. I mean, my my notes here are in, are in longhand, but they're kind of a mess. I'm not going to show anybody. I, I really have to concentrate if I'm going to be writing something that's like... I'm, I quite like my handwriting. I think it's pretty good, but I do have to concentrate if I want it to be... If I want to show it to other people. If I was writing the lovely Louisa letter... I'd be all right. Concentrating, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do your scribble, you know, make it look nice. <laughs> uh, Homer then gives advice on how to win back fury- a furious woman because he's uh, an expert at that. And we now go to Edna's house and Homer is helping Skinner and meanwhile Marge is there helping out uh, Edna. And I'm just like, this just feels so unnatural. We've never fucking ever seen Marge and Edna Krabappel ever fucking hanging out. No. In, in their spare time. So why the fuck are they doing it now? It's just for, I know it's just convenient for the story, but it just takes me out of the moment. I'm like, why does Marge and Homer have to be here? They don't, they yeah. don't need to be. These two characters were fine. Yeah, like, and a, a, Edna Kay and Skinner can sort this shit out by themselves. They don't need Marge and Homer here. True, and if you want to do the whole Cyrano de Bergeret thing where people are feeding each other lines and all that, maybe have a scene where Marge and Edna bond at the bachelorette party over something. And it doesn't necessarily just have to be an exposition thing where it's like, 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 oh, like, they oh kind we of, like each other. They but, kind of, yeah, well, they, they, yeah, yeah, I know she It could be like, they the could school. do it in a way that's humorous and funny. Yeah, because she, she goes to the school, but it's just like, oh, she goes to the school because we need her to be in the next scene. It's like mm. Marge has never gone to the school to talk to Mrs. K ever. But uh, I don't know. But, but that aside, um, so the, 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 the argument ends up turning out to being between Homer and Marge as opposed to Skinner and Mrs. K. 
Edna returns the presents from the wedding. She goes to the, the comic book store. She gives about a comic book guy. And she realizes that she has a crush on him and they decide to go to dinner. Yeah. See, I like the idea. In theory, I like the idea of a rebound fling for Edna. And it would be good if they found some way to make comic book guy just likable. A little bit more appealing in some way, but he's just he's just comic book guy. Well, it's still two thousand and four, and they're very. As we're, I've got my notes here, it's very much nerds are losers who live with their mothers and are fat and obnoxious. That's that's only like yeah. like when Marge is like, these people are too old to be dressed up. And I'm like, oh man, have times changed? Or oh yeah, God. There's a few bits once they get to the uh, the. When do they get to the comic book convention? But once yeah. they get to the comic book convention, it's like, ooh yeah, you can tell that the. Um, we're in the early days of... The MCU uh, has not kicked off yet. <laughs> no, no. I mean, comic book movies were pretty much we a thing. They we were a the thing X- at this X- stage. You had the X-Men, X-Men and Spider-Man. movies and Spider-Man. They were the yeah. real things at this stage, yeah. But they were still... And they Blade. were MCU level, yeah. No. But uh, yeah, but before that, though, yeah, so she's she's now going on a date with that with comic book guy and she takes goes out to the car. Skinner's now got a band and a choir. I watched the take on Lion Sleeps Tonight. Really? I did not. You didn't? No, I no. liked it. What didn't you like about it? I don't know. It just felt kind of embarrassing. <laughs> embarrassing in what way? I, 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 I don't know. I just didn't like it. Okay. I, I, yeah, it's hard to explain why, but... I don't like it. Yeah. I, I've written down lame-ass version of Lion Sleeps Tonight. And a one, and a two, and a... Oh, and the cake, 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 oh, and the cake. Miss Crabapple, a sad principal, is desperate and needy. If you come home, I won't die alone, and that's what I'd prefer. Uh, please settle for Seymour. So please come back to. Uh, comic book guy is now at her place. And I'm just going here. What a he's just a villain here, isn't he? He's just being a real. I, I didn't like the aspect that Edna almost became like property. Mm. But in saying that though, comic book guy is positioned as like the villain here. I know he's obnoxious, but really, comic book guy's done nothing wrong here. At Not all. really. No, nothing he, at he, all. He's, he, done, he's done absolutely nothing wrong. Nothing here's what I'm. All. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's how I would have tried to put this across. I would have had comic book guy having. Not a not a, a long standing crush on it, but like, ooh, a woman's paying attention to me. I'm going to pay all this attention to her, which is what she didn't get from Skinner. So it's like, oh well, naturally she's going to like not fall for this guy, but at least be open to his attention and his affections because he's providing what uh, Skinner did not. So you 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 want him to be capitalizing on the fact? I know. I I want him to be like, ooh, a woman's paying attention to me. I'm going to. Shower her with gifts. Shower her with affection and praise. And, ooh, you're, you know, the Xena to my Hercules and all this kind of shit. Oh, well, you know, I'll take it. It's, it's, uh, it's not exactly the love story that I wanted, but well, this guy seems into me. And my ego needs that. This is this is Edna speaking. Give her back to Skinner, a fat, bald guy like you. You could have anyone. Forget you. Edna and I are in love. We're doing everything together. Breakfast, bath, and then the bi-monthly science fiction convention. Join me. The Bi-Mon Sci-Fi Con? You've heard of it? 
Is it romantic? Hey, women are put out just to get out of there. Homer goes to Marge. Marge says, you meet the worst guys when you're on the rebound. That's how Jackie got a row. Homer says, let's go to the uh, convention and make sure Edna doesn't make the terrible mistake. And uh, then we get the realization here from Marge that she, uh, that Homer doesn't put much attention into their relationship. And I'm like, I know that. You say yeah. this every week now and you still go back to him. So why yeah. do we care anymore? I'm sorry. Are you Guy Pierce in Memento? <laughs> Is this Groundhog Day? What is this? <laughs> We're now at the con. Did you see the tagline at the sign? Oh, remind me. I did you may be photographed and appear in ads looking just like that. <laughs> <laughs> Again, though, 2022, people put so much effort. Like, cosplay is like mm. a big deal. There's cosplay competitions. People are considered not heroes, but are, are, like, people... People applaud the effort. Pe- people appreciate the effort. They're like, oh, can I get a photo with you? You look fucking great. Mm. Where here in 2004, I was still a bit... I was still... What, what would it have been? 2004. I guess I was 15, so I was old enough to go to cons and stuff. But I still don't remember really... What was the vibe in 2004? Was it still very much like this? Was it, oh, if you like this stuff, you're a fat nerd who lives with your mum? It was gathering gathering speed. Uh, it was gathering a bit of momentum. It was like, hmm, you know, yeah, it might be something. In, it might be something about this. But yeah, it really wasn't until the MCU, uh, and it wasn't really until Iron Man. I mean, Iron Man changed everything. Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Re- changed everything. Yeah. yeah, really changed everything. Yeah, he, he's just of, so fucking he, cool. That's why. Yeah, he didn't. He superheroes were cool before that. I mean, you could say that Hugh Jackman did it a bit with um, with Wolverine. Or even that Wesley Snipes did it with Blade, but it wasn't a movie you can take your kids to see. And it was like, like Blade, Blade, um, Blade, I'm talking about. And X Men, yeah. whilst Wolverine was cool, it wasn't quips like Tony. No, Stone. no. I mean, I remember reviewing Iron Man. I said, "Look, this is as big for Downey as Captain Jack Sparrow was for Johnny Depp. It's a real game changer." Yeah, and yeah, and it wasn't, and it was a real game changer in terms of like. Everyday folks are going, oh, superheroes. They can be kind of cool and fun. I was about to say, was it the first superhero you remember where people, what you can think of where people went, you know, you can actually go watch that. It's just a good movie. I know it's about superheroes, but it's just a good movie. Well, that was the MCU's great... Uh, that was their approach to it all, Great it? play, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, Iron Man is basically a... I'm trying to think what sort of action movies they were. Cause, I mean, a, cool, a cool action movie with superheroes. Yeah, with a little bit of a sci-fi twist... But yeah, with superheroes, you know, and, and Thor was like, oh, it's like a fantasy movie, like Highlander or something like that, but with superheroes. And, you know, and, Cap- and Captain America was like, oh, it's like the Bourne movies, except, you know, he's got the shield. and Yeah, so. The first, two, the first two Thors were a snooze fest for me, though. They were a bit, absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they, they were very lucky they had Hemsworth and, they, and also really smart that they realised, oh, this guy can actually be kind of funny. Let's 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 make this funny. That that Thor three just blew my mind. I was like, this is what Thor could. This is what can be. Mm. This is what it can be. Yeah. yeah. Any problem with MCU films is I find that they kind of just feel all the same in the end. So like, and and that's not a bad thing. They make lots of money, but it's just like they they, they comfort viewing. But yeah. I'm like, just give me something fresh. Well, that's, and that's true. What Thor, and that's what Thor three was. I was like, okay, you give me something different here. It was interesting that they were like a one big. They were all part, all the individual movies were parts of one big mosaic. You know, I mean, they ended up being one big picture under themselves. But each, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy was different to Captain America, which was Captain, uh, different to Thor, which was different to the Iron Man movies, which was different to the Doctor Strange movies. Yeah. They had, but they all had a very uh, kind of similarity to them, 
but enough difference. It's like, oh, well, I don't feel I'm getting exactly the same thing over and over again. It's familiar, but a little bit different. And that's just modern, you know, modern marketing and salesmanship in a nutshell. It's like, yeah. take an existing product and put a clock in it. Thank you. Thank you, Simpsons. That's, uh, that's the, the best explanation there is. Oh, my goodness, it's Matt Groening. <laughs> wow, the creator of Futurama. Mr. Groening, will you autograph my Bender doll? Sure. I'm happy to give anyone my autograph, anytime or anywhere, on the street, in a store, or on my private property. But why be happy with just an autograph? What about an original sketch or snippet of my hair? And don't forget to pull my beard. They say it's good luck. And then they see Edna Kay, a comic book guy, going into a multi-purpose room where he then asked her to marry him there on the did spot, you, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Slow down! Slow hey, down. hey, hey there, buddy! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you um? Did you? I don't know if you have the subtitles. Did you watch this on Disney Plus? I did. Yes. Yeah, the subtitles around one of these things was speaks Klingon click clack style. I didn't see that, <laughs> which just made me laugh like crazy. You know what I do like? Uh, I'm gonna start writing them down. So I'm nearly finished Stranger Things four. No spoilers here at all. But if you watch with subtitles on, which I have to because I can't have it up too loud, <laughs> the descriptive descriptive words for the music, it'd be like mind-blowing music, oh, eerie yeah. music. Foreboding music. Foreboding music. It's, 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 the words, it's yeah, different it's, every time. It's amazing. I'm like, I'll make up my mind about that, buddy. I don't know if that's that <laughs> foreboding. <laughs> so funny. But then Skinner arrives as Catman, as he thought, but it's actually Catwoman. They have their fight. And this is the moment oh. we are discussing earlier. Actually, no, no, it's not quite that yet. So... So should we help? No, my mum worked really hard in his costume. I'm like, yeah, okay. So you're still playing that up. 2004, whatever. That's fine. Stop it. Stop it, both of you. Seymour, it's too late for you to win me back. This man worships me. He actually wants to be my husband. The female has made her decision. Prepare the feast of goldfish crackers. I'm not marrying you either. There are a million valid reasons, but which one did you pick? We've had a great time together, but we're too different. I don't understand. It's like I'm DC Comics and you're Marvel. I understand completely. That would have been so niche back in the day. Oh, totally, but now it makes so much sense. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, man. DC just cannot sort their fucking cinema movies out, can they? They sort of can. I mean, they're not going broke. They're actually... Their movies make money. They're just... They don't have the... They're not occupying occupying the mind space of Marvel. I mean, we say MCU and everybody knows what you mean, right? But if we said the DCEU, we'd probably have to go, the, the, that's the DC Extended Universe, by the way. I just feel like DC, though, they're just like, oh, yeah, let's just make movies dark and gloomy like Nolan films. I'm like, fuck Nolan. Like, your films are good, but you fucked up everything to do with Batman. Everything has to be sad and fucking gloomy now. That is, that is a bit of a drag. Uh, to the point where I didn't like the Joel Schumacher Batman movies, Batman Forever and Batman. Yeah, Robin, I know you've said this. But, yeah. but I, 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 I would fun, kind though. of like. I would kind of like a return to that day glow, hyperactive kind of thing. I yeah. mean, as much as I liked the most recent Batman with Robert Pattinson, I mean, I thought it was really good. But it would be nice to sort of shake things up a little bit. Let's start this party with a bang. Yeah, that the best thing they could do would be well, let's not have an extended universe. Let's just have each. Let's just make movies. Let, let's have the cinematic equivalent of a spinner rack at the comic book shop where it's like, well, oh, I'm going to pick out this copy of Batman. Oh, it's a bit dark and mm, okay. Uh, maybe the movie's something different. Let me pick out Green Lantern. Oh, that's a good, fun space adventure that, you know, is not grim. 
and, and gnarly. All the movies can be different, like the way comic books are. Yeah, you know, true. I, I think that'd be pretty neat. It's, it's like that. I know, Marvel, it works for Marvel. That's fine. Let them do their thing. Do Let your own do, thing. Do your own thing. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, DC and Marvel, yeah, as I said, not, not only comic book fans would have got that back in the day, but... Yeah, it, yeah it's- not many people would have gotten that in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but she says, I want to go see some real men. I'm like, hey, we're getting the real Ed Decay back. This is, this is nice. She's not going to be a doormat anymore. She's going to go be Mrs. K. Have some fun. And this is the moment. So Agnes says, come home for some cocoa and go in your shame closet. And he's, I don't remember what he said. Oh, at least I went out like a man. And she says, you look like a Malaysian transsexual. And I was like, ah, hmm. you nearly got there. You nearly got there. Yeah. A, is this not the moment you're thinking of? Yeah, yeah it's a cheap oh, shot. Yeah. It's a cheap shot. It's just 2004, I know. But you watch it, what is it now, 18 years later. It's just like, huh. Yeah. So we said this, did we? Okay, fair yeah. enough. Lisa and Marge are proud of Edna Kane. I was like, yeah, it's nice. It's, 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 it's important that they put it out there that you don't need to have to be... Like, same with men. If you're not married, it doesn't mean you have to be lonely and sad. You, you be happy. Yeah. Be happy being you. Be Do whatever you want yeah. to do. Just because you are not partnered up does not mean that you're walking through the world alone. No, not at all. Got to find a good circle of friends, find a good social circle, whatever. Find find some fucking hobbies. And I've got here though. So getting back to like Marge and Homer being angry at each other, Marge being angry at Homer. She says, "Yeah, I'm not going to take it anymore." She storms out, and I pushed pause, and I'm like, "We are nearly at the 21 minute mark now." How fucking quick are they, they going to wrap this one up? Yeah. And it comes to them in bed. She's like, my marriage is just an illusion. He doesn't even know how to love. Mm. He walks in and says, Marge, will you marry me again? Oh, homie, I love you. Oh, a school band in a closet. It's every girl's dream. I'm like, what the fucking hell is going on? Indeed, I've written down here in capital letters, mind you. Don't settle, Marge. Oh, this is... Don't even bring this up anymore. Like, just let it yeah. be. Like, just have Homer irritate you from time to time. Yeah. But don't focus on the fact that you're not happy with your marriage. Like, just just move on from this. Hopefully they do. The Klingon celebrant arrives, marries them. She agrees to raise the kids. Klingon. End episode. So, oh! take the Marge and Homer aspect out of this. Replace them with characters that aren't beloved to the, to the viewers as much as, like, Homer and Marge are. So, I think the episode still works without them. I think so, actually. Yeah, I mean... As we said, yeah, do an episode of The Simpsons without The Simpsons every once in a while. Well, they can be in it, but they don't have to be the, fo- the part of the main story. It's it's almost like they were like, oh, we have to include Marge and Homer here. It's just so people mm. know they're still watching The Simpsons. It's like, ah, you don't need to. You don't need to. Like, they can be in the episode. They don't have to be in the main story arc. But anyway, that aside, I enjoyed the what the message I was going for here with Ed Decay, that she's now... I, I, I was surprised. I always thought that she got married to, to Skinner. So I like the fact that she's just going back to being Mrs. K, living life the way she wants to. I was like, good for her. Yep. That's that's the positive outcome and the one sort of uptick of this episode. Yeah. Uh, as far as I'm concerned. What did we learn, Palmer? What did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? Uh, that if you're Marvel, you really shouldn't try and hook up with a DC. I learned to never let Nicola wander alone into a multi-purpose room at a Comic-Con. Well, especially one with a whiteboard. From this day forward, your names will be... All right, it is now time for the Guy Davis New Name Championship. The leaderboard currently stands at this. In third position, we have a tie between Phil Hawkins and D.L. Gorman, both on 13 points. Luke McKay, you've done it again. 
on 14 <laughs> points in second position. And Nora Coker just clinging on to that title in first position on 16 points. Clinging on, you might say. <laughs> yes. Nice what one. have we got this week, Mr. Davis? Well, let's see. An honourable mention to mm. begin with. Uh, because, well, he didn't in the end, but I just like the title, The Wiener Takes It All. Yes, and that was from Mark Boston Burgess. Boston! Boston Strong. Nice work, mate. Uh, one point. Mm-hmm. And I believe two people uh, came up with this uh, title independently of one another, so I guess we're okay. splitting it. Uh, the Wedding Skinner. Ah. How good is The Wedding Singer as a film, by the way? It's it, very it, good. It never disappoints. But they both came from Jordan Saville and Luke McKay. He's done it yeah. again. He's done it again. Jordan Saville's now on 10 points. Jordan's actually climbing up there. Like a couple of threes and he's going to win this thing. So well bit done, of, Jordan. Bit of a dark horse, Jordan Saville. Nice work. And Luke is now equal second on 13 points, Ooh. which puts D.L. Gorman in third position now on 11 points. Well, so, let's see what happens when we give two points to whoever gave us the Wrath of Krabappel. The Wrath the wrath of Krabappel was from Wrathen. Steve Roberts. Two oh. points goes to Steve Roberts, which now puts him on eight points. He's also climbing up leaderboard. Well played, Steve. Hmm. Three points. Oh, the tension is... <laughs> the anticipation is wonderful. I hope it lasts. Uh, <laughs> three points go to the Edna Strikes Back. Oh, my goodness. It's Jordan Seville. So- oh, what? Well, so we're going to cross off the one point, put him back to nine, give him the three. So Jordan Seville is now equal. No, he's now outright third on 12 points. Oh, my jo- God. Jordan is only four points behind top. He is climbing that leaderboard. Well done, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Seville, well played, sir. Oh, I'm assuming it's a, it's a guy. If it's a female, I apologize. Jordan Seville, uh, you are now in third position on 12 points. Phil Hawkins, D.L. Gorman, and Luke McKay or on uh, 13 points in second position. Actually, I said, I got confused before. I said DL was equal third. DL is actually equal second. I apologize. Okay. All on 13 points of Luke McKay. And, oh actually, oh, actually, wait a minute. No, 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 sorry. Luke McKay got one point. I'll fuck this up. I'll start again. Damn. So, we've got Jordan Seville is not in third position. He's in fourth position on 12. Phil Hawkins and DL are both on 13 in third. Mm-hmm. Luke McKay is in second position on 14. And Nora Coker is still in first on 16 points. So there's only, a th- I think it was like an it's eight so point lead at one point. It was so tight. Now it's only two points. And this was what episode of the season, Mr. Davis? I this believe was episode 17. 16 or 17? 17. 17 of the 15th season. So there is, I want to say five episodes left this season. Mm. So there's still 15 points of three pointers to grab out there. There's plenty of points to win here on the Guy Davis New Name Championship. So it's Whoa. anyone's game right now. So if you want to be a part of it, Go to patreon.com slash four-finger discount. You go into the Facebook group. You can be a part of it. And if you just get your name on the leaderboard, you don't have to win. If you get your name on the leaderboard, you enter the bonus wildcard draw to win a prize as well. Patreon.com slash four-finger discount. But, Mr. Davis, it is now time for some mailbag questions. Ooh. JaVale! JaVale is here! Ooh. Okay, first question comes from Alex Rodriguez. Ideal cosplays for the both of us. Oh, Ooh. gosh. Ideal cosplays. Can I be Elliot and you be ET on the bar in the basket? Wait a minute. I'd be ET. Yes. Yeah. Actually, looking at myself, I'm like, yeah, I could probably go for that. <laughs> the bald head and the bug eyes. A white sheet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, that'd be good for the two of us. Yes. Let's yeah, do yeah. that. Yes. Uh, but individually, what would you mm. go as? Individually, because uh... that's day one of Comic Con. We'd go as, or maybe that's our 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 closing act. Our closing we- act, the, the main event. Yes. 
Uh, who would if I we're talking go? about like superhero costumes? I'd like to dress up as Doctor Strange. I like I'd like that guy's style. Yeah, for what reason? Just as, as in, is not the clothes he wears or the way he the way he holds himself. I just I just think he's neat. No, I just, <laughs> I just think he looks cool. Although uh, here's here's a good one that I could do because of my bald head. I would you know give myself a clean clothes shave, and I'd go as Professor X, and I wouldn't have to stand up and walk around. I could just push you around all day. Yeah. <laughs> it all involves me pushing Guy around somehow. Riding a bike, pushing him in a basket. Pushing him Fan- around in a fucking wheelchair. Fantastic. <laughs> that, that's on a, on a flawless plan. Speaking of cool uh, superheroes, I've heard that John Cena's... Uh, what's he playing? Peacemaker. Play? Peacemaker is really funny. I've never seen... I've watched a show yet. I've heard it's good. I've watched a couple of episodes and I didn't mind it. Yep. Uh, it's very... It's that very James Gunn sense of humour. He's the guy who made the Guardians of the Galaxy movies and then made The Suicide Squad, which had Peacemaker in it. It's a very sort of, quote-unquote, outrageous sense of humour with a a big heart. Okay. And and which I don't mind. And I I think John Cena is really, really perfectly cast in it. It's not my top ten stuff, but I I still think it's pretty good. And I do recommend it if if that's the kind of thing you're into. Jordan Saville says to us, if you had to have a movie TV themed wedding, what would it be? I don't know how I feel about that. I, I was on Twitter the other day and I saw that um, there's this thing, I, I think on Reddit, uh, a subreddit called AITA, Am I the Arsehole? It's like they, the person will write in and say, I did this, this, and this, and nobody likes me for it. Am I the Arsehole? And this one particular thing was, and apologies to. Listeners out there who are Disney fans, adult Disney fans, this this particular person goes, we decided not to have catering at our wedding uh, because, you know, my uh, partner-to-be and I are both huge Disney fans and we were able to get Mickey and Minnie to come to our wedding. Instead and, of catering? Instead of catering. Am I oh, the no. asshole? Yeah, and I was like, I'm sorry, but if I was invited to a wedding of <laughs> a wedding... Of ad- adult people coming together as this one to celebrate your the rest of your life together. Together, and it's I like get it's, I get it's supposed uh, to be your day, but still, yeah, we're not going to have you know uh, chicken and vegetables, but we're going to have it a guest appearance by Mickey and Minnie Mouse. The secondhand shame that I would feel for these people could power a small city for three months. <laughs> Why couldn't you just go to the fucking local costume shop and just buy and just rent a cheap Mickey Mouse? What what do they have to? They got the actual Mickey Mouse costume from Disneyland? I, I don't know. I think they just were able to hire some chumps who dressed up as Mickey and Minnie in fairly ext- in, you know, fairly good costumes. Ah, no, fuck that. No. So, um, what was the question? A themed <laughs> wedding or a, a TV oh. or movie-themed wedding. Hmm. Would it be... <laughs> I'm just looking at the cards on my wall here. What about... Obviously, you wouldn't want to do this. But I'm just thinking the visual of a Power Rangers-themed wedding where the groomsmen are all the Power Rangers. <laughs> That's... I actually... I don't like it, but I don't mind it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking is, the is visual of that would be cool. <laughs> the visual would be great. I mean, you'd get yeah. some lovely pictures. Yeah. Um, a movie I really like is Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yep, okay. And it's got such lovely costumes. Winona. It's got, yeah, and it's got Winona. So I would be the Gary Oldman in this thing and, you know, sort of dress like old-timey Dracula. Not monster yeah. Dracula, but, you know, smooth-ass, sharp-dressed uh, Dracula. Uh, the... the um- Mr. Burns, vampire. That, not, not even that one. The one where what? he's sort of young Gary Oldman. Oh, he's okay, got the yeah, long yeah, hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got some baller, like, blue sunglasses. I'm like, dude's rocking it. And, yeah, I, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, uh, probably what I would have. 
Okay. Yeah. All righty. We'll ask one more question here. We'll wrap this up because I'm hungry. <laughs> it's feeding time. <laughs> uh, Nick Barbaro <laughs> says, what's your most awkward, uncomfortable wedding moment or experience? <laughs> Getting married. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I shouldn't. I, I, I will, I will say, say before, before we continue, Nick says, as a fun aside, he went to a wedding back in 2012 where the priest tried to put Homer and Marge up as the perfect representation of a married couple, which right. is worrying at best, but he also called Marge Madge twice. The bride is now a vehement anti-vaxxer and a bit of a foiler, so you know. <laughs> anyway. A, a, a what, a foiler? A foiler, yeah. What's a foiler? I don't know. Let's, let's, let's Google it. Mm, sounds interesting. One who foils or frustrates. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'd never heard that before. I never, I've never even heard that used in context. It's a, a shit person, I think okay. I'm trying to say. Uh, but your most awkward or uncomfortable wedding moment or experience? Uh, look, I had one where my ex-wife and I attended a wedding of a friend of hers. And it was a very nice event out at um, uh, you know, in an outside marquee. It was a nice night and all that. And I just drank too much, uh, you know. And have you ever had that thing where you've just like you've had one drink too many, and all of a sudden you, it's like, you know, you've done too much. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, you, you, you do know you've done too much, but it's too late to stop now. Yeah. 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 Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I've done it for a long time, but yes. Yeah. Likewise. And I just yeah, I just got absolutely shit faced, and you know, I was dancing like a dickhead and all that kind of business, and as we yeah, do, all and the time. you know, puked on the way home, and yeah. Didn't remember half of it and all that shit. And I just woke up the next morning just feeling so bad. I mean, I was worded up. It was like, oh, dude, you weren't that bad. You're just a, you're just a pisshead. I mean, you didn't like punch anyone out or, you know, you know, piss in the corner of the marquee or anything like that. You were just having more fun than everybody else. <laughs> yes, but uh, obnoxiously so. And I felt bad because- I've, I've seen you hammered at, a, at like, pop culture Christmas parties. When you get on the sauce, you have a good time. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you get you get very loud, mm-hmm. and it's it's awesome seeing guy drunk guy when a song that he likes comes on because you <laughs> you get arm in arm with people that you don't even know, and you fucking belt that song out as loud as you can. <laughs> good times, great classic hits. Yeah. Um, I but I felt bad because this was you know a, a friend of Libby's, and I I think the thing was I didn't want her to feel embarrassed that she'd brought this piss head to the party. Have you ever had that kind of thing? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I remember the first time I went to England, I was like, don't fuck this up. I want to make a good impression with everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that I keep myself on a tight leash around the lovely Louise, but I think I can I can count on one hand the the number of times that I've really sort of cut loose. And I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just like, don't be don't be a dickhead. The one time one time that I did when and you know, I just drank too much red and we smoked some stuff that well, had an effect. Dun, dun, dun. And I just ended up sort of like curled around the toilet. It's like, oh, this toilet, this porcelain's so cool. I feel so good. And all that kind of business. And just woke up with a shock and hangover. This was like on Christmas Eve or something. And you came over because uh, we were going to record. I think you were dropping off like Christmas presents or something. Oh, was it just myself? Was this when Mitch yes. came over? Yeah. I don't remember. Oh, it was a few years ago. It was like maybe two years ago. Oh, I, oh yeah, because I was going to... Come back here and record. Yes, I wasn't going to record at your house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and I just must have looked like... Because... Oh, no, it's just an absolute disgrace. Well, not an absolute disgrace, because I said to... I was apologising to Lou, saying, Oh, honey, I just... um, I'm so sorry. What? No, we were all having a good time. Yeah, we didn't record that day, did we? I don't think so. Because I remember I I looked at you and I was like, 
you don't want to you want to just record another day you're like that, that'd be good just <laughs> straight up like, if, if, if you don't mind yeah <laughs> so yeah that's my wedding embarrassment story i guess all right so that is the mailbag for my big fat geek wedding hope you guys enjoyed our review a lot of ups a lot of downs in this episode hmm. more ups than downs for me more down more downs and ups for guy some creamy centers as well Yes, let us know what you thought of the episode. SimpsonsMailbag at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from each and every one of you. The next episode of Four Finger Discount. Oh, I do enjoy, remember, I do, sorry, remember enjoying this episode. It's one that I do remember. Catch them if you can. And it's one that I think is going to be relatable because you know what? It's Marge and Homer not angry with each other. It's Marge and Homer realizing that the kids consume their lives and take over their lives and they just want to get away from the kids. And the kids oh, follow them around saying, those they think they can have fun without us. That's not going to happen. So I reckon this episode is going to be very relatable for me now. Also, in a nice bit of synchronicity, Dando and I are doing this on Zoom so I can see his lovely face. Yes. And he's wearing his Pokemon top that has underneath, gotta catch them all. That is true. Yes. My uh, jumper from Uncle Rico. And look out, guys, for UncleRico.com. There may be some collabs with Four Finger Discount coming in the very near future. Oh, my goodness. Yes. All right. But uh, this is all part of the unified theory that is Four Finger Discount. Everything is connected, folks. Everything is connected. It sure is, especially all the shows we do here on the network, which you can get early access to at patreon.com slash discount. Make sure you follow us on the Twitter. Put out a tweet today. So I'm not sure when you're going to be hearing this, but put out a tweet today. Someone sent it into the Facebook page. They just got uh, all... They, they made up, obviously made up themselves cards of the Springfield softball team. That was really good. How fucking cool is it? So they got the actual ba- uh, softball or baseballs, I should say, to sign the cards, got it all framed in the in the, in the the their positions on the... um on the field and it looks amazing so go to Twitter uh, at Four Finger Pod on Twitter and at Four Finger Discount on Instagram check that out it is well worth uh, looking at it's, it's really really good stuff by Steve Wunderlich I want to say his name is Wunderlich well played sir very good stuff Wonderboy Steve yes at Four Finger Pod on Twitter uh, next episode catch me if you can I'm really excited to review that one going back I haven't revisited that in I think since it's been on TV I just remember enjoying it when it first aired uh, this has been Four Figure Discount, a review of my Big Fat Geek Wedding. Patreon.com slash Four Figure Discount to support the show, get early access and access to a bunch of exclusives. But for now, Mr. Davis, any words for our incredible listeners out there? Now that's sexual. Shh.